The MX Vice Show. Episode 83 of the MX Vice Show podcast, coming in off of two back-to-back rounds in Turkey, so a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss, and a lot to take in on the MX Vice Show podcast. We would like to thank, of course, Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and all of you guys for listening. Which I'd like to thank all of you, because thank you for your support. Well, actually, seen a sharp rise in listens lately. Um, I'm quite surprised. I went on the little stats program over the weekend, saw a number, and I was like, huh? But no, it's true. So what, what a time to be alive. Sorry if I sound a little different this week. I'm talking into my laptop. I have been shunned by the United Kingdom, told not to return. Just an outlier now floating around Europe, just trying to live my life. So very remote, but we're getting this thing done. Coming up, of course, we have Leah Ask Vice Anything. A lot of questions this week. I guess that's what happens when there are two rounds. The Planet Motor Bombshell of the week. And we may, uh, we may slide in Army Smarter Than a Birth. Maybe. But who knows? After James uh, won it last time, maybe we never do that again. Part one of the MXY show is presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world. The Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe and know the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. And of course, we would like to thank Jason Thomas co-hosting episode 82 it was a good time good time had by all with me this week is not jt it's not tom neil it's just the one the only the disappointment that is james burfield hello everybody yes i'm here still going still uh, over here in the uk how is barcelona life lewis um i'd rather be home but i've been shunned by the united kingdom so the queen has ordered me not to return. So I'm now floating across Europe like a gypsy. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yep. Uh, I can imagine you in a caravan with a couple of dogs. It's very confusing. Very, I'm very out of sorts on this show because obviously I don't have all my equipment. And like, you know, you know how you normally you hear yourself through your microphone, through your headphones. Yep. I don't have that. So I've got noise cancelling headphones on and I can't really hear myself talk. So I have no idea what I'm saying. Well, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's still good. We can hear you. It's clear. Um, so, yeah, we're good. We are good. Next show, we'll be back to normal-ish. Because I've got a proper, fit. I've got a proper solution for that remote show. Um, yeah. Anyway, James, uh, did you watch Turkey 1 and Turkey 2? Uh, I did, yes. Uh, MX2 was a little uh, lackluster. Uh, MXGP made up for it. I wonder if we can only become an MXGP website. 
because <laughs> MX2, I was counting the fans, I was counting the clouds, I was thinking about MXGP, I was wondering what's going to happen in MXGP, just MX2 was meh. Did it get in the way for you? It, got, it was just in the way, I'm not going to lie, it was in the way. So, we've got two rounds to talk about. I don't really know where we go from here, but first of all, that first Moto One Wednesday, yes, Wednesday, that may be one of the best races I've ever seen in my life. Did it come across that way on TV? Yeah, it was great. I think I think both races. Um, were I, I really was good. shaking. Shaking. Well, maybe not, but close. You, you were that excited. It was so good, honestly. I was my my senses were just like skyrocketing. Like I was all, I was all alone in pit lane. I was just absolutely loving it, buzzing off my tits. All alone in pit lane, was there nobody there? Well, I had a box to myself. <laughs> it, was, it didn't look like there was many people, to be honest, um, actually at the track. What, you mean fans or is it industry? Well, fans and anybody. Uh, I, count, I did a head count on Wednesday. There were yeah. 27 fans. <laughs> I did a, uh, but I actually, I'm going to be writing about this if I ever get time and have to not do a podcast with you, which massively impacts my workflow. Okay. The weird thing is, they have, so you probably, I guess you wouldn't know. I don't know if I show this on TV or talk about it, but there's the GP and there's a Moto Fest. No, it right? wouldn't be any Moto Fest. Okay. So next to the paddock, there's like a trade show almost. BMW had a stand. Monster had a stand. Obviously, this was like the local market, so I guess Mon- it was Monster Turkey. But like Monster Turkey, I guess it was, had a Formula One car on like a simulator type thing. You know where you sit in it and it moves as like with the screen. Yeah. They had that. BMW had a stand. Other companies that I can't remember. And it was absolutely heaving in there. Heaving. Well, that's kind of worrying, though, if, if it was heaving in there and no one wanted to watch motocross. It was, it was an eight-day festival. Every night there was live music from Friday to Wednesday. On the Monday, when nothing was going on, there was, it was heaving in there still because a fest was going on. There were police, like, controlling everyone, barriers, it, like, honestly, heaving. I so would could, love to see it. Could they get access to the track then or not? Yeah, they have, I, th- I believe they would have had to have a separate ticket. Oh, I be- okay. I believe, actually, I don't know, because there was security to get in, but I think that a MotoFest would have been a cheaper ticket. I think. I'd imagine there would have had to have been a ticket because there was like live music and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's why this... Bo- so really, for the organiser, it's a success because he had thousands and thousands... Honestly, I'm not even joking. Thousands and thousands of people turn up at the event. It makes no difference if they watch a motocross because it's one big event. Yeah, I still don't understand why he wouldn't just say, right, okay, one ticket, you can go anywhere. Like 27 yeah, I, atoms is like not fun. You know what? That might, even, that might even be the case. I don't know. That might even be how it works. But the Motofest was at night every time. And uh, so maybe that made a difference because obviously everyone works Wednesdays. I'm just going to send you a photo and a lot on uh, the Slack communication channel. I just like your live reaction to it. It's just there for you now. Okay. I'm just looking now. Jesus. Please hold. That's the Motofest. Jesus. Yeah. Look at, us, look at the big screen. Look at the amount of people. And only 27 of those turned up to a GP. Well, maybe my head count was a little bit off. 
But this was a Wednesday. There was more people there on a Sunday. But um, anyway, anyway, we digress. Actually, yes. on, tur- on Turkey, um, I was talking to the hotel manager on Saturday. He was very eager to please me. Maybe because I, I mainly because I complained about many things. Of course you did. But he, I said to him, like making small talk, I was like, "Oh, are you busy at the moment?" And he was like, "Yes, yes, yes." And I was like, "Oh, I bet you wish that you had every round of MXGP here." Ha 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 ha. And he went, "That's what we work towards. We work towards that." And I was like, "Oh." And then I wondered, I wonder if he thinks that, like, I wonder if in his mind he thinks that they've got two just because they have two. They don't think it's because of COVID. Like, I wonder if a hotel manager is like, well, we, won't, we had one, now we have two. We'll have three next year, then four, and then give it 20 years, we'll have 20. <laughs> oh, 20 rounds of Turkish MXGP. That's what the guy's working towards. That's his little art. Wow. Anyway, that second moto. Uh, no, that first moto, second turkey. Yep. How did it come across on TV? Good. Yeah. Good. Good. I, was, I, I, I don't think I was like you where I was um, literally stood in the pit lane uh, just about to, uh, I better not say that on the, on the podcast. Uh, yeah, but uh, not as excited as you, obviously. Uh, how did it come across to you as you were at the track live watching it? Well, obviously it wasn't like, there wasn't actually passes as such, but the whole, I just thought it was so interesting because you had so many riders who were, not even joking, I think that may have been one of the best races of Crowley's career. What, Which where he crazy. came through? Was it, was it ninth he was in? I don't even know. Well, I don't even know, but just coming from where he was when he was in fourth, watching him ride was phenomenal. I actually don't even know how much they showed him on TV because I presume they would have been showing the top three. But like, so then you had that element and then you had the points element and then you had Hurlings trying to defend and attack at the same time. You had Fevra trying to hold off Hurlings and Geyser, which he's rarely done in the last five years. Any other, like I thought that in pit lane. Any other year, Hurlings and Geyser probably would have just blown straight past Fevra, and Fevra wouldn't have even been a factor. As it ended up, he wasn't a factor anyway. Weirdly, when I was watching on TV, um, Pirelli just appeared out of nowhere with like three laps to go. So like they were catching a sort of... Um, they were obviously focusing on the top three that that race and then I, think, I can't remember what lap it was whether it was two from the end three from the end or whatever but then you see sort of Crowley just pop over the jump and it was like oh hello where, where have you come from yeah he was like six or seven seconds down and then like was cutting it down cutting it down cutting it down cutting it down and watching him ride was just like ignore the times ignore the fact he was catching other people just watching him ride was like a masterclass thoroughly impressed I was thoroughly impressed didn't you did you get a chance to chat to him at the end of the day? No. That's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just feel like that encapsulated that we are in a bloody good time at the moment as MXGP fans. And you know what? It's not going to last forever. It may not even last another two weeks. So, yeah. I hate to bum everyone out, but... <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> you see this? Yeah, that's going. That's... <laughs> you love it now? Well, I hate to break it to you. That's fucking off. <laughs> No, but like I, I genuinely feel like this season we just need to make the most of it because it's rare to have something like this. It is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. We we knew at the start of the year it was gonna be one of the best championships ever. But you think that every year and it never happens. But this year is happening. Yeah. So as mentioned uh, in the previous podcast, I really felt like coming into Turkey, guys are needed to grab this thing by the balls. He didn't win a GP, but Hurlings won both. 
However, I think that Geyser did just that. And I think this was a win for Geyser, I think, overall. Uh, how do you feel? Yeah, the same. Picking up two motor wins. Um... Oh, hello. You okay? Yeah, why? <laughs> I think you were blowing into your laptop, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot that. I'm not using a microphone. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Pro- probably uh, resist uh, from doing that. Uh, a, speck of, a speck of dust just fell down onto my keys, so I was just getting rid of it. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, two, uh, two motor wins. I, I think he done everything he had to do to uh, maintain the lead. However, Hurlin's done everything he could do to uh, shorten the lead. And, and the fact that he's only 34 points um off of geyser now is uh, a testament to hurlins especially after missing gp well this is a this is a thing so geyser entered turkey 13 points ahead of second place whoever that was second place he leaves 28 points ahead of second race a uh, second place jesus so that is obviously huge that's a success however yeah. he entered turkey for 43 ahead of hurlings and leaves 34 ahead of Hurlings. So he put points on everyone except for Hurlings, but Hurlings still isn't his closest competitor. So do you think Geyser is looking at the fact that his lead is now 28 points and going, bloody brilliant, happy with that? Or is he looking at it and going, Hurlings is coming? Yeah, 100%. 100% he's going to be feeling the pressure. Because uh, with what's coming up, with, with all the round changes and everything, what's going to be happening? Uh, I think he kind of knows that, forget everybody else, it's Hurlins I need to um, make sure I finish in front of. Every time, even if he finishes second to Hurlins, that's still good. That's, uh-huh. Well, not, not like every race, but what I'm saying is that every time he finds himself in a fourth and a fifth and Hurlins is first, he has to do everything he can to literally get to second. Because every time Hurlins wins a race in, in, in Geyser's not second, or you know, is challenging for that win, it's points lost. I'll tell you what, actually, going back to Turkey 1... You've just blown in the microphone again. Yeah, no, I'll stop now. You were boring me. Going into Turkey 1, or going (laughs) back to Turkey 1, going back to Turkey 1, that first moto was the worst Geyser has ridden in years. Absolutely, like, the worst he has ridden in years. And I I said that to him. I said, that was the worst I've seen you ride in years. That was an utter embarrassment. As I hit him, I was like, what are you doing? But the way that he rebounded, the way that he collected himself, the way that he got himself together and won two of the three remaining motos in Turkey, that said a lot to me because that would have been so easy for him to crumble after that first moto on Sunday. That was, honestly, that was horrific. That was the worst he has ridden in years. So it says a lot about him to pick himself up and, you know, go out and win again. Because had he continued, like, he lost 10 points to uh, to Hurlins in the first moto on Sunday alone. Had Geyser continued to be that terrible in Turkey, there's a chance he would have lost the entire gap to Hurlings. Like, yeah. if, Her- if Hurlings had closed in 10 points in every single moto in Turkey, as he did in Moto 1, the gap would have been free now. So, like, there was a, it was a real precious, like, there was pressure on Geyser after that moto, and I was just impressed with the way he picked himself back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> Did you, did you give him a hug? Did you give him a cuddle? What, no. What, what, was, Tim, what was Tim's um, 
reasoning for his performance in race one? I'll tell you what, actually. I get a lot of shit in general. Yeah, you earn a lot of it. People, people say, oh, you're a guy's a hater. Why are you saying that guys needs to grab this thing by the balls? He's had to red plate the entire time. He's leading the championship. I said all this to Geyser on Wednesday night. I said, you rode absolutely shocking in that first race on Sunday. I felt like you needed to come in here and prove to everyone that you are the man. Like, you needed to prove that you can beat these guys, blah, blah, blah. He agreed with it all. So, just a little, like, everyone thinks I'm a hater. Just saying it as it is. And he agreed. He literally said that, A, he said that the two races in Turkey were big for his confidence and his mental state. So obviously that was playing on his mind a little bit. And yeah, he just said he feels like he has more of a grip on this thing now. Which I think he does. Like, there's no, like, guys that has the red plate now for the foreseeable, which is a nice place to be. And you know what? Riola is going to be a bit of a bugaboo for him. But... After that, there are some very good tracks for guys are coming up, which is a nice place for him to be. He's just got to get through Riola. Mm. Okay, are you actually going to talk on this podcast? Yeah. I, do you know what? I, I agree it's, it's great that he's saying that. However, the hurling train's coming. Yeah, but it's coming slowly. It could, Geyser has stopped it from coming very quickly. This thing would have been... This thing could have gotten out of hand for Geyser. And he is stabilizing it very nicely. No? It's two races. We still got how many more rounds? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I still think it's too soon. If this was, you know, three rounds from the end, then yeah, I get it. Okay. But let's put it this way. Actually, here's an on, on that, on the other side of the coin. In Burfield terms, you're blowing your load too quickly. Do you know what Herlin said to me after the race? Uh, go on. He said, he said, since I came back, seeing as you definitely didn't listen to the Fly Racing post-race podcast. Uh, I didn't, know. I forgot, to, forgot about those. Oh, well, there's two lots for you. Herlin said, since I came back from my shoulder, on average, I've gained five points every round. I'm 34 down. There's seven rounds to go. If I keep doing that, I'm your champion. In no, like, uncertain terms. Well, no, he, not, he, he basically said, if I'm, I'm averaging five points around, seven rounds to go. If I continue like that, that will be sweet. Yeah. So, like, Hurlings is count. Hurlings is Hurlings has a math fucking board out with this thing. Like, he's he fully has a complete grip on what's happened so far, what he's got to do, what he needs to average. Like, he knows exactly how this thing looks and is playing out. So, so my question to you would be: If Hurlings pulls back this uh, deficit and wins the world championship, is this his greatest achievement? Well, he did. Do, he kind of did the same thing in, um, like, 2018. He missed around. Yeah, I know. But with with Caroli in the form he is, Geyser, you know, Fever, you know, Prado, little Prado. Do you know what I mean? It's like I understand that previous years there, you know, but yeah, but that almost makes it all easier. those riders are in form. Yeah, but it makes it easier. I, I beg to differ. It makes it easier to gain or lose points because. Realistically, any other year, Geyser could finish top three with his eyes closed, which would mean that no, but despite Hurling's best efforts, if he's strung together five motor wins in a row, chances are Hurling's would, uh, Geyser would minimize that damage each time. Whereas in this field at the moment, touch wood, it continues like this, Hurling's can win a moto and Geyser can finish sixth straight up just because that he was the sixth fastest rider. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's easier. Though. Obviously, that, flip, that, flips on, that flips as well. 
Yeah, I just yeah, I I don't see how that's easier. Well, no, I just mean there's an opportunity to make up more points. That flips as well. Like Geyser can win and Hurlings can finish sixth straight up and therefore lose more points. And there's yeah. more there's more room to gain a lot of points. So if you want to sunny side up, there's more room to make big gains. Do you like your eggs sunny side up? I don't like eggs. <laughs> of course you don't. What what did eggs do to you? Was it the same as the banana? No. Yeah, so... Have you had a banana? Right now, I think I would lean towards... <laughs> I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards Geyser for the title. Okay. I'm closer to that than I was before Turkey, put it that way. You clearly aren't. No, I'm still, I'm still aboard the hurling string. We're, 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 yeah, I'm there. I, I'm not seeing anything different. On hurlings, uh, he said he got into Turkey Saturday night and struggled with uh, bike setup on for the start on Sunday because of um, he just didn't have the time to sort of test on the test track and stuff like that. He did a bit more work in between the two rounds, realized he needed more RPM, changed some mapping, and his starts were much better on Wednesday because of that. He also said that uh, Prado, bloody I'm really must messing up names today, Prado did him a favor on the start of the second moto. Uh, Turkey 2. He said that Prado opened up a little gap on the inside where Hurlings could just go through without any trouble. Wow. Can help and, because of, and because of that, Hurlings didn't clean him out. Wow. He said, that Hurlings nice. said... That, I, that was nice of him. <laughs> Hurlings said, I, I played nice with Prado because he did me a favour, so I did him... I, I, I respect that. So I did, he did me a favour, so I weren't going to do him dirty. So I gave him a solid. Yeah, and Hurlings even said, I'm, I'm the guy who's behind. I need people on my side, not against me. So he's going to, he said he's making an effort to make sure that no one's against him and going to ride him like a dick, essentially, because he doesn't, he doesn't need that. He's already on the back foot. Damn. Look at all these uh, tactics games. What's been playing out, you know, or what's going to be played out over the coming rounds. It's going to be, it is honestly, it's going to be like a freaking like story, you know, for years to come be talked about. It's, it's, it's going to be immense. Yeah, we're never going to have this again, I don't think. You, don't five think riders no. going for a title, insane. Yeah, we, I, I can't see this happening. I think biggest um, missed opportunity in Turkey definitely goes to Fevre. Like, he's still second in championship, still doing very well, like very fast, very impressive, blah, blah, blah. But he could have left Turkey with a red plate. He, had, he left many, well, okay, not many, he left at least two motor wins on the table. And I thought he was going to win both of those and that would have changed the dynamic completely. But oh, he just did feathery things and now I'm, I'm losing a bit of faith because I've always been the guy, haven't I, who said like, he can win the championship. He's in this thing. I'm beginning to doubt that as he continues to make the same mistakes over and over nine rounds in. Yeah. It's, uh, it was disappointing to see him drop in the bike when he did. Um... Yeah, I think that's the one thing what's holding him back at the moment. It's just just those little little lapses of concentration. But do you rank? Do, I mean, you've always been consistent, but he is still second in championship. Is he a threat? No. Just always brutal. No, I know. I'm sorry. Um, look, the way I see it is is this is um, uh, a geyser hurlings championship. It, it, it's going to be between them. If I think Carolian Prado is going to do a very good job of of being there and getting in the way, um, getting you know, in the way, 
No, but like getting in the way of uh, of doing what I do, and I think you know, Caroli's going to pick up a couple of wins. I think Prado's going to pick up a couple of wins. Do you know it's um, you know, and Fever might pick up another another win or two. You know, it's but I still think the championships down to Geyser in in Hurlings just because of the momentum. But I would argue that the, I would argue that the momentum hasn't been with Geyser until now when he has got it. But I would argue up till this point it hasn't been with him. I would argue that it was with Caroli. It was with Fevre. I think they've all got momentum. How, how, how does guys not have momentum? But He does Chelsea. now. He didn't before Turkey. He does now. 100% he has now. Before Turkey, he didn't. Uh, I, look, I think this championship, it, it, it's got to be broke down week by week. And there's going to be so many ups and downs. And um, it's whoever can manage these little little bits of chunks just focusing on one race at a time. Like, I don't know. He, he, like you say, guys have had a, a lapse in, in, in Moto 1 of Turkey. Will that happen again? I think it could. I don't think... I don't think right, okay, let's do this, actually. I want to do this now. Percentages. We haven't done this in a while. I will go Geyser 40, Hurlings 40. No. Geyser 40, Hurlings 35. What's that? 75? 75. <laughs> Caroli 10, Prado 10, Fevra 5. You're just going to go Geyser Hurlings 50 50, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, do you know what? I'll, I'll be polite and I'll say uh, Geyser 40, Hurlings 40, and uh, Caroli 20. Okay. I think, I think Caroli is. Um, I think Crowley is still in this thing. Like that, that ride was phenomenal. His starts have gone away. I don't know why. His starts have really gone away. But um, that, that ride t- told you how much he wants to win this championship. I just... I just... I, I honestly... Gobsmacked would be the word, I think, for how he rode on, um, in the first moment on Wednesday. Like, so good. So good. I haven't seen him ride like that in a very long time. And especially on a track that you would not say is Caroli's place his thing his like you wouldn't put that down you'd put that down as one of his weaknesses no doubt but then he said all along that he's done all this work on hard packs so maybe not anymore what, one of the things which uh, makes me laugh every time i sit down and watch now on mxgp tv is the fact that crowley and prado always seem to find them find each other that there, there seems to be this like ongoing story and, and every time that they uh it's never smooth sailing let's just say whenever they go past each other well well, it wasn't with anyone on that track. It was so hard to pass. It was ridiculous. It was actually ridiculous. I don't know. I'm surprised. Why, I'm surprised was, the, so, so, why was the racing like so good and the passing happening then if it was so hard to pass? Well, it's like one of it's 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 like one of the worst, like um, what do you say? It's one of the facts that no one really wants to admit. The shitter the track, the better the racing. Because on a track like that, where it's fast, no one can really make a difference. Everyone's so close that it's exciting. On a track that's super technical and motocross, there's so much separation that often the races aren't exciting. Like it's one of the worst, it's one of the things that no one wants to own up and admit. But typically, the worse the worse the track is, the better the racing. Why? Because it basically because the track you can't make a difference. Yeah, you can't make a difference. So everyone's just riding amazing, basically. <laughs> Whereas Sardinia, there's going to be so much separation and someone will probably be 30 seconds ahead and then 30 se- someone, third place will be 30 seconds behind because 
it's all going to come down to technique and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas Turkey, it was more a case of who can ride wide open. Okay. I spoke to Prado after the race on Wednesday, didn't interview him, but he showed me all of his cuts and bruises and scars from the crash in Motor 1. Uh, yeah, he's, he did well to finish fourth in that second race because he was beaten up. He said he thought he broke his collarbone and he had, he had scratches from his shoulder down to like his legs, like all over his body. Wow. So he's, yes. he's proper beat up. Yeah, he said he was just happy to, um, he said he was happy to race the second race and do what he did. And he said that he was worried about the points, but the more he thinks about it, it's not that bad. Like there, there's room. He's not out of it, essentially. No. I mean, he is 40 points behind, which is quite a lot. Yeah. But he's only 12 behind Fevra. So all it takes is guys to have a DNF and then that's it. Like, really, Prado can easily pass Hurling Scrolly Fevra. It's just Geyser who's now a little bit harder to reach. Also, for those that don't listen to the Fly Racing Post Race podcast, like James, uh, I interviewed Prado on Sunday. I made him tell me the truth. I told him that I needed him to tell me the truth. I would only interview him if he told me the truth. He swore blind that he will be on the Ducati team next year. So, yeah, the Yamaha rumors have essentially just, they were rumors. So everyone who went around shouting and screaming it for clicks, just rumors. That's all, just rumors. One one question uh, I want to put to you as a guy in the know. We're nine rounds down now. Um, Are we going to see 20 rounds this year or are we going to see 18 rounds or, or what? Because the, we're talking about a championship in, you know, it's, it's, but we don't even know where we're going, do we? Right. There's been no Sardin- Sardinia is, there's a new calendar coming any second now. Any second. Probably by the time you listeners get to this point in the show, you'll have a new calendar. Sardinia's on, Germany's on, France is on. Spain is probably going to be a double header, maybe even a triple. Portugal will be off, I think. Trentino will be either a double or a triple, and then there may be another double slash triple in November at Os or somewhere else. There were rumours that, well, not not even rumours, there was a chance we were going to have the MXGP of Fat Cat in November. But that has been, that has come to nothing now. So that's going to come. But there there were very real talks about there being a double header at Fat Cat in November. How the fuck do you get a GP at a fat cat? Where do you even fit everybody? I don't know. I don't know. But it Ar- doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Ar- come so. on the motorway. Uh, it's not, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. So um, it, it's not going to happen, in fact. I know point blank it won't happen. So, But there were talks. That was a very real possibility. But so yeah, guess- if you look at it, say, if you look at it, uh, Sardinia, Tuchantal, La Capelle, Say we do a triple header in Spain, then say we do a triple header in Trentino. That takes us to... That's That's 18 rounds. That technically, that's enough to get this done. Because I think they have to have 18 rounds. Like, that's... I think that's the minimum. So technically, we don't need an extra venue or event. No, they just need to get this shit done and announce it because it's like like a never-ending story. I think that is going to, I think there will be an additional event in November, though. And Oss has just been a rumor that won't go away. There was talks of Lommel, but then people spoke to Johan Boonen, and apparently he said that he wouldn't be doing a doubleheader at Lommel. 
later in the year. Um, well, they've got their own problems at the moment in trying to keep the track open. Yeah, so that's a problem as well. But but in all seriousness, um, there's nine rounds have gone. Uh, at the moment, according to what's available on on, on the results World Championship, uh, there's nine rounds left. So Geyser's got to be thinking, like, hang on a minute. If there's nine rounds left, why are they thinking about putting another doubleheader on to make it 11 well, rounds? We've already lost some rounds. We've lost Sweden. We've lost Finland. They're not adding, they're not adding to the original quota. I'm not, just... saying they, I'm not saying they are, but, but Geyser's probably looking at this World Championship classification like we all are and seeing nine rounds left. He doesn't want another couple of rounds added. Well, he's probably, yeah, yeah Geyser's probably looking at this World Championship classification and going, well, why don't we end it now? Oh, I would be. <laughs> that's a... Stop freaking making up rounds in, in November when everybody's like, should be on holiday. Anyway, anyway, I don't know how you got me onto this. Prado said he's not going to Yamaha. Those rumors are false. He will be in Dakali. He's got a contract. Full fact. Fact. What he did say was, which was very interesting, he really like opened, like, I've interviewed Prado a lot. This was very, like, this was very open. The best interview I've ever done with him by far. He was very, like, open about a lot of things. He starts in first gear on every track. Wow. He really didn't want to tell me that as well. Really didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> so is everybody going to be in first gear now in, uh, in uh, Raola? I said to him, I said, what gear do you start in here? Like first or second? And he was like, eh, we start as normal. And I was like, yeah, normal, first or second. And he was like, eh. And then I, went, I said, oh, this feels like a question I shouldn't be asking. And he was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. First. And I was like, oh, first is normal for you. Because no one obviously does that. So yeah, that was interesting. And then also he said that he knows he can't be as fit as Hurlings and Geyser. He said, I'm only 20. People forget that. For me to be, a, for my peak fitness is not as peak fitness as Hurlings and Geyser. Because obviously they're older. They're in their, he said, they're in their prime. He said, with age comes more fitness. Obviously at some point you go downhill. But at the age of Hurlings and Geyser at, they are at their peak of peaks. And he was like, so how can I compete with that? He said, I can be fitter. I know that. But I also know I can't like get on their level of fitness, but I can make up for it with technique. That's interesting. I know you should really listen to the Fly Racing Post Race podcast. <laughs> Sounds like quite a good one. <laughs> yeah, it was, I'll tell you, it's the best interview I've ever, I even typed it up. So if you don't like listening, you could have read it. But apparently none of that interests you. <laughs> just time, just time, honestly, time. Yeah, so that was all very, that was a very interesting interview. You, might, you may want to go back and listen to that, people, or read that because, um, yeah, very interesting. Speaking of interesting, uh, Jeremy Sewer continues to wound fans with his interviews after the race. He confirmed to me that he does have Epstein Barr, which is obviously a shame, like, not great. <laughs> and yeah, just the struggle bus. He's on the struggle bus. So that's, that's kind of obviously affecting his performances. No. Quite a lot. It, it, would, he, would, he, would he say he's like down like 20, 30%? He's got Epson Barr. He's barely bloody. He, he said he. He said he almost. He felt like having a nap in qualifying. <laughs> well, fair play. Did, did yeah. you not advise the Lewis Phillips um, take two parts at No. In all seriousness, so he. So his his story of twenty twenty one is he got COVID, and then shortly after he got blood. He he had a blood issue which was unrelated to COVID. 
then he thought he was getting better. And he is getting better, but it's way slower than he thought. And now he's been diagnosed with an Epstein-Barr-type illness. He said that there's nothing he can really do. Same old story. You hear it with Dean Wilson. You hear it with everyone. There's nothing people can do. It is what it is. What he did say, Kasua is obviously a very smart person. Yep. He did say that the doctor said that COVID makes you more likely to get Epstein-Barr. Really? Yeah. Wait, uh, I don't have it. Do I have it? I think I can... Hold on. Give me a second. I think I have what he said written out for something I'm working on. So I'll be able to tell you exactly what he said rather than me rehashing what he said in the Fly Racing post-race podcast available straight after the race on mxvice.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your audio enjoyment from. Yeah, so he said to me, the thing is that it is up and down. I feel better. I felt better. Started to do good. Got my head down. And it was a long story. To make it short, COVID was not the problem. I was, pr- I was good pretty quickly, like tested negative and feeling good. The problem is that COVID is still quite a strong virus. If your body is busy with that, I went to race in Russia quite quickly and your, my body was weak. So then many other viruses were ready to bounce. Every human body has those viruses inside, but you are strong enough to keep them all in a small place and at bay. Once you are strong, once you are busy with something like COVID, now they are like, now is my chance. Now the body is weak. That is what happened, and I still struggle with it now. It has something to do with Epstein-Barr. It's hard to tell because it is not like a broken bone where you can say yes or no. It definitely has something to do with Epstein-Barr. I mean, this is so far off to say in an interview, but doctors and stuff found out that COVID reactivates Epstein-Barr in some way. This is far off, but this is a bit of the state that I am in and the situation that I have to accept. I'm not really bad. There are also bad cases, but I still, this morning, I could have fallen asleep on a bike. I was lacking energy and did not feel good. I guess in a way, it's, uh, you know, COVID uh, re- uh, affects respiratory. So I can understand why it puts a lot of strain on the body, which would, you know, I, I, can, I can understand. I, fair play if he's able to turn out those performances and ride like that with Epstein. Then, um... Well, those performances, he went for 14-13 on, sun, on Wednesday. Yeah not, yeah, not great, but um, obviously it's, you know, it's not like it's, he, he's got a headache. He was ready to, uh, yeah, throw himself off a cliff when I interviewed him. Damn. (laughs) Um, We're here to talk. He even said to me in the interview, why are you even talking to me? And I was just like, this is real shit. Yeah, it is. But that's the whole thing. You've always said it's not about, they're they're stories. That's a story. Um, He said in the second motor on Wednesday, he got passed by Lorenzo Lucercio on a JD Gunnix KTM. And he said to me, I got passed by a KTM rider who I didn't even know did MXGP. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And then I said to him, oh, it's Lorenzo Lucercio. He used to race in America. But, and he was like, no, doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> no, I had no idea he was in this series. <laughs> <laughs> but he said as well, that's where the track was bad because Lorenzo Lucercio would be nowhere near him in Sardinia because no matter how shit he feels, he can use his technique, his sand technique, to make that difference and gain time on others despite everything he's dealing with. It did sound like there was a chance that maybe he's going to think about missing some rounds. It sounds like you're playing this down because you know what's coming. What? You're saying that this track is shit and da da da. Is it because Alvin Barato was on fire? 
Okay, we'll get to that, but at the moment, we've got quite a serious thing to talk about because sewer situation. Hang on. Albi Frato, sixth overall, is a serious situation. You said he would never get in the top 10. We'll get to that. Let me finish what I'm saying about sewer. You said that the team would okay. an absolute shit show and he should have stayed in MX2. Okay, please hold. Um, so Sewer said, it sounded like there is a chance that Sewer might skip around, which would mean that his streak of 140-odd GPs in a row would come to an end, which would be heartbreaking, really. He didn't really seem to care about that, which, surprising. But yeah, so just watch his space, I guess, but I don't know if he's going to get much better very quickly. He'll be, in the, he'll be better than 14-13, but... He's not going to be in that top five, which is where really he should be. He, or he would be. I have no doubt that if he was healthy, he would be in that guys of Fevra Prado Crowley Hurlings group. It's just, it's unfortunate. I'm guess, but, so I'm, I'm guessing he's out of the nations. Yeah, he, yeah, Jesus Christ. He did an interview where he broke the news in an MX Vice Fly Racing post race podcast on the first weekend in August. I, I don't listen to him. But I put this everywhere. Social media. That's a good choice that he's made. Also, Switzerland Switzerland announced their team like two weeks ago and he wasn't on it. Who's in this team? (laughs) What? Switzerland? Yeah. Tonus, Guido and Mike Guerda. That's nice. Who's Guerda? (laughs) Doesn't matter. Um, Anyway, also big news with Sua. We have entered negotiations about me being on his butt patch early <laughs> in the season. You cannot... I think I've put this on Twitter. You cannot say things about you being on a rider's butt. I will be his butt patch. <laughs> I, I think we need to go to a break. I've made a, bet, I've made a bet with him, and if I win that bet, then I, he has to put me on his butt patch. What Which, can you imagine the reactions of other riders when they are doing laps and they just see my face? <laughs> Your face is going to be on his butt. <laughs> like, I might have my face with a little speech bubble that says, Lewis says, go get him. <laughs> oh, my God. You're doing great. You're doing great. That'll be my, uh, my little speech bubble that just says, you're doing great. And then I'll motivate everyone who's behind him. You, could, you would unmotivate him because you'd be like, Oh, he's got Epstein blood, Epstein virus, blood, blood issues, and everything else, and you're behind him. <laughs> that would be your that would be your motivation to any rider who is looking at Sewer's ass. Um, yeah, and I've I've just got to win this bet, which I think I will, so it's fine. But also, uh, Saturdays what, with Sewer what is the bet. Been, I can't say. What? Why? It's not for public knowledge. Oh, okay. But yeah, and also the Saturdays with Sewer program has been talked about, discussed at length. We're just coming up with a concept, but we have one idea that might be very funny. Which uh, we okay. were laughing, we were we were wetting ourselves as we were sat around a table, like figuring out this idea. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. That's, well, he found it funny. So anyway, moving on. I'm kind of I'm trying to go do this in an order that they are in the championship, because why not? It's simplest. There's so many rounds that it's just impossible. Otherwise. And, and nothing to say that you like structure and don't like to 
do anything other than what you set out to do. Okay, let's throw let's throw caution into the wind. Who do you want to talk about now? Ferrato. Albi Ferrato. What what have you got to say? Uh, should we talk about his performance? If you want. Breathtaking. I don't care. Do you want to apologize now to all the listeners um, that you got it wrong? No. I think we'll see what happens coming well. up. We'll see what happens coming up. I think you owe me 50 quid as well. No, I didn't take that bet. I thought about that. I didn't, we didn't take that bet in the end because um, I said that by the end of the season, there'd be so many riders injured that he probably would squeak into the top 10 and you wouldn't let me have that mulligan. So, so he squeaked in by finishing sixth behind Geyser, Fevre, Caroli, Herlins and Prado. That's an incorrect order, but okay. Um, no, it was good. I don't think this is going to continue. I'm sorry. I don't think this is going to continue. Uh, well, um, do, do, do you want to put any positiveness about Kobe's no, performance? He's got, he's, he's got ligament damage in his knee, so he's doing quite well considering he's got that. There we go. Bloody hell. Put, give him a fully functioning knee, he'd be sweeping this thing. That is, that's interesting, because that's probably what's been holding him back. Well, it's still got in now, so nothing's changed. Yeah, well, he's just trying to fight through it. Well done, Albie. Well done. Okay. Jonas was balls fast on Sunday. Balls very, fast on Sunday. Very fast. Like, the fastest rider easily, and I really think he would have won that race had he gotten... Oh, God, I'm trying to think now. Um, who, what order were they in? If, who, what order were they in? If Jonas had gotten Fevra before Hurlings had gotten Prado, then I think Jonas would have won that race. I genuinely do. But in the end, he didn't. And then in the second race, he went flying onto the concrete. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. It's motocross. Things can happen. He was still a bit beat up on Wednesday. And actually, turns out, he broke a rib in Latvia. And he didn't know about it. Who knew? He, not, not him. He found out it three weeks later. Oh, he um he, he went, went to lean. Some pain. No, he went to lean for a gear bag or something at the track, and like he just uh, he just felt like something pull, and he was like, "Uh, what the hell is that?" And yeah, it turns out he'd broken a rib, which is actually the same story that Tommy Sell has. Uh, when he broke a rib when he got the KRT filling ride in 2019, like Tommy went to reach for his helmet or gear bag or something, and then was like, "Oh, what what, what the hell." So, yeah, there's that. Also, Jonas will be back on standing construct that, uh, next year. He confirmed that to me. He said that not much will change, although he was very weird about it. Because as far as I'm concerned, nothing is changing with that team. There'll be gas gas. Wim will still be doing the engines. Like, it will basically be a carbon copy of this year. But he was very, like, weirded out. Like, I don't know. Very, very weird when I said to him, so nothing's changing with your bike, your setup, or anything. And he was like, eh, we are talking. And I was like, what? What is there to talk about? You're like, he's staying at Stanley Construct, no doubt. So, yeah, weird. I don't know what to say about this rider. What rider? Koldenoff. Am yeah. I right? Have I always been right? Go on. Am I? Am I better than everyone else? <laughs> oh, my God. You're <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> such a dick. Honestly. <laughs> I, just, I, I, think, I think we need to go for a break. No, we'll go for a break shortly. We'll go for a break shortly. We'll just wrap up a few more riders here. 
Like it's not it's not going very well. It's not going great, but why? I f- if I could talk to him, I f- I feel like maybe he's got a illness type thing. Because Latvia, the first moto in Latvia, he went from um, third back to seventh, but like he was running third for like half a race, went back to seventh, but like a distant seventh, and it was really weird. And afterwards, he said he felt sick, like that was why. Which you don't think anything of. You're like, okay, you felt sick, uh, whatever. Fethra said he felt sick in the second moto at Turkey One, but then the first moto at Turkey One, months la- a month, a full month later. Koldenov was third and fourth, then fifth, then sixth, then seventh, then a very distant eighth. And I watched that and I was like, well, this is very similar to Latvia. Have you, and I started to wonder whether he's got something going on with him as well. Because it's not, he's better than this. Maybe you should speak to him. Maybe I'll try. He's better than this, no doubt. Um, there's, a, there's a story there. there is, there's a story everywhere. Um, right, wrapping this up, we'll go to break. Wrapping this up, uh, Watson Wagon didn't like the track, couldn't, didn't feel connected to the track, struggled on the track, but Riola is next, he'll be good in the sand, he'll rebound in a big way there, then Mantova will be good for him, and then it'll all be good. I think it will all come, it will all come good, I think, uh, starting in Riola. Everyone has an off day, and it was just a bit of an off day for him, but the first moto on Wednesday was encouraging because he slotted into 11th and then just went with everyone else. So. Um, like he was matching matching Koldenov's lap times, lap for lap, so he was capable. So that was positive. That's kind of that's Russia and Turkey now, which Ben's kind of similar on. tracks, similar tracks. Russia, Turkey is basically Russia without the hills. Olsen says that maybe he's struggling with an illness as well, but he doesn't know. But he said that he felt like pretty wiped out on Sunday Moto Two, so he's got something going on. Vlandrin has been bloody impressive, but he keeps having crashes or first lap crashes out of his control that are hurting him in the results. But if you actually watch him ride and watch where he comes from each time, he is riding bloody well, and he has to have a factory ride next year. He is riding bloody well. Did they show his crash at the start of the second moto? Didn't see it. Oh, he armadilloed in the track very impressively as well. No, didn't see it. Oh, okay. Bogus was good at points. Uh, Jacoby made big steps forwards, top 10 guy, so that was good to see. Van Donick was good at points. Frato was okay. Frato was okay? I'm joking. That was a joke. I was just trying to get you rolled up. Monticelli went home because the shoulder that he separated in Lommel is still playing up, so I'd imagine that'll be his season done. You want to find a rider who's had the most shocking... You want to find a factory rider who's had the most shocking season ever? That'll be Monticelli. There you go. I wrapped it up for you. Any thoughts on MXGP before we go to a break? No, no, all good. Let's move on. Okay, that is part one of the MXY Show podcast. As always, part one is presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, that's AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. As always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, 
Backyard Design UK, Asterix, Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and you people for listening. I've added that in there just because, you know, I want you people to feel valued. That's part one. Thanks for listening. We will be back with your questions. Leah, ask us anything. MX2 Talk and much more. See you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 83 of the MX Vice Show podcast. As always, we would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. This is part two, and part two is presented by Technical Touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical touch.com slash KYB hyphen authorized hyphen dealer to find an authorized KYB by technical touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. So James. So Lewis. How's Dougie? Whoa, that was loud. Jesus. Very aggressive. So two rounds in Turkey, two MX2, a Grand Prix. And I feel like we saw exactly what we expected in the sense that Vial came out, was much better than before the break, and looks like he's going to be very hard to beat through the rest of the season. However, at the same time, Renault looked a lot better than his championship rivals and cemented his position at the top of the table. Thoughts? Correct. A a very good assumption there uh, from us, I believe, Lewis. It wasn't an assumption. Okay. Um, Vial uh, looking very, very good. Real shame that he's missed, um, you know, a large part of the year. Uh, but it's nice to see him back to uh, full flow. Uh, Renault, who I picked at the uh, start of the year, uh, doing exactly what he needs to do to become world champion. I, I you know, I, I can't see anybody now challenging uh, Renault for the title. Where, whereas in MXGP, 
it's very much open to the end of the season. Uh, I think MX2 is done. I agree. I really do. Really? Renault is so, has been so solid, so impressive. Good starts. When he doesn't get good start, he moves forward quickly, stays out of trouble. He doesn't tip over. Just a lot of championship qualities there, I think, which no one else is really showing. And I don't see how anyone claws back 49 points on him, especially when he's proven himself to be good on hard pack and in the sand. I mean, five motor wins in five second positions. That's, he's, he's putting in some consistency. The most, the biggest, the biggest point in that Turkey doubleheader for Renault was when he beat the Alves straight up in the first motor on Wednesday. And you could tell, because despite what, everyone will deny it, but everyone in that MX2 class still looks at the Alves as a benchmark. They still look at the hours like, oh, he's the, he's the guy who's tough to beat. So when Renault beat him straight up in that first moto on Wednesday, he fender slapped over the finish. He was flexing to the camera. He, I think he won that moto and he was like, okay, this is, I'm, I'm, like, I've got, I'm here now. Like I've arrived kind of thing. I think that was a big box to tick in his... Um, his mindset changed. Yeah, just and confidence and everything. I just yeah. think that was. I I think he believes he's a man now. I really do, and I think that make, that's going to make him even harder to beat. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I, I think he believes that he's where he should be. Guadagnini was um, Guadagnini was okay, but for some reason the second moto has just dropped off, and like he was there, but he was very fast on Sunday, but that just never really came back for whatever reason. And still, expectations have changed, obviously. He's in the title fight. No one expected him to be here. He is doing phenomenally well for his rookie season. But as a title contender, those two rounds were just a little bit off of where he needed to be. One thing which I'm very, very excited about to talk to you about is Gertz. Obviously, his breakfast didn't agree with him with his results. The worst part, the weirdest part about that video... Check Gertz's social media. Is at the end of the video, it faded to black, and then it came up and said alcohol. Never. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. And as I said what? at breakfast. As I said to everyone in the paddock, if he said if he's having any alcohol with breakfast, I don't care if he's an athlete or not. That's a problem. <laughs> 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 oh my god like, that, is a, that, is a, that is an issue that we need to talk, like, thank god it said no because if that was a yes then someone needs to do something what? I had no idea I didn't watch it to the end oh well you need Actually, to it says alcohol no yeah, it, fa- it fades to black and then on the black screen the words alcohol never just come up oh my god I'm looking now uh, please carry on. I'm just going to watch this video. Gertz had arm pump surgery in the break and said on his social media, or his guy did, that that was the first time he's ridden without pain in years. Years. Like, I don't know. I was a bit weirded out by that because a lot of guys struggle with arm pump. A lot of guys have the surgery. But they still have good and bad days. They don't ride with pain for years. <laughs> oh, never. Fresh fries occasionally. <laughs> Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god what are they taking yeah so he's had arm pump surgery and I think that was still hurting him in Turkey but still that was not 
a good trip for Gertz. Like, I, what, what is that? 71 points behind in the championship. There's no way he can pull that back. I really don't see how that's possible. And you know what? In the most shocking turn of events ever, everyone thought this would be the Gertz Vial Championship. I think Vial's going to catch Gertz. 227 to 290. 37, 47, 57, 77, 60, 63 points, 63 points behind Vial is. It'll be very interesting to see if Vial catches Gertz. And if he does, then... I think everyone's just going to have to scratch. Like, I think Gertz is just a head scratcher. He was so good before this year. So what's happened? Like, what has happened? I don't understand. I really don't. Um, he's had arm pump surgery now, but apparently that's been affecting him for years. And he was very good last year and very good the year before. So clearly that wasn't hurting him too much this year. If he had ridden like he had done the last two years, he'd be leading this championship. But for some reason, he just doesn't look like Gertz anymore. He looks timid. He looks nervous. He looks weird. It just isn't Gertz anymore. I don't know what's happened. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, I'm still alcohol never at breakfast. Who, who has alcohol at breakfast? What, what, sort of, what sort of people do they have around them? Alcohol. A tipple. <laughs> just on the cornflakes. <laughs> alcohol flask <laughs> just a sip of me orange juice uh, no it's tequila <laughs> tequila sunrise that was the video like oh Yago, what are you drinking oh yes uh, I heal with my orange juice with vodka <laughs> tequila I don't, he's German. tequila I don't know why he's German yeah now, I have but... no idea why he's German <laughs> 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 Honestly, uh, if you're not uh, following uh, Yego on uh, Instagram, then you really are missing out. Yego? Yeah, Yego, Yago, uh, Jago, Jago. Um, I'll tell you what, his social media guy needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some absolute beauties on there. Um, little bit disappointed there's less talk about the camper nowadays. Well, I'd rather this. Ah, oh, genius, genius. Um, Did you like, I, I presume you didn't see it, but when I was live tweeting the race on um, Wednesday, yeah, I tweeted that Gertz looks like a man who's just had a hearty breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, anyway. Yeah, sorry. Let's uh, get back to the, uh, the action, which was... Uh, uh, Jed Beaton showed signs. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, Beaton was, um, Vial and Renault were the two fastest riders in Turkey. Beaton was undoubtedly the third fastest rider in Turkey. Just, yeah, just had some mistakes on the Wednesday which hurt him. But definitely, he's definitely coming on and he's climbed to fourth in a championship now and he's not that far behind Gertz. No. So if he can get a medal, then happy days, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. if he can get a medal, then that's happy days. Still got nothing for next year. He's got to go MXGP. He doesn't know what he's going to be doing, but he doesn't want to settle for a C team, let's say. Okay. Um, okay. He, so wants, he wants. To, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to waste his time. Essentially. Yeah. Another guy. Two for two riders actually who kind of broke through a little bit in Turkey. Hoffer led laps on Sunday and kind of proved his worth and proved what he can do. 
uh, that was a big breakthrough. And Wilson Todd on Wednesday with a fifth in a moto. Both of those two, I feel, transformed themselves in Turkey. Yeah, agree. Um, we've seen some good laps from Hoffer and um, some notable results from Todd. I think Steve Dixon's got to be pleased with what he's seen uh, recently. Did you manage to did you manage to catch up with Steve at all? Over, over no, the- I wanted to to talk about Fat Cat, but I couldn't find him. Ah, damn. I mean, I spoke to him off. A, I spoke to him off the record about Fat Cat, but I didn't speak to him on the. I wanted to speak to him on the record about Fat Cat. But I couldn't find him when it came the hard time for that. Okay. Ruben Fernandez. Now, at the start of the year, I got I got told that I was a hater because after he finished on the podium twice, I said he wouldn't win a GP this year, and I didn't see this continuing. It hasn't continued, and as of late, it's just been a very meh. It has been. Yeah, I've actually, I'm actually really surprised because I was a big fan. Still am a big fan. And, since um, Oz, since Oz, he's been in the top five in two motos. That's two, four, six, eight. That's 12 motos, two top fives. I'm guessing Giacomo's uh, literally, uh, you know, uh, regretting saying that he's an ex-geyser. No, he didn't say that about Fernandez. He, he, he said that about Rizzi. Did he? Yeah. Well, oh, that's fine then. Still got time. Yeah. Fernandez, though, obviously, as we've heard, HRC are very, like, invested in Fernandez now. I believe that if he gets top five in the points this year, that means he gets a HRC bike next year. Really? But, so top five in the points equals HRC bike, but it's still to be decided whether that means he'll be under HRC or under 114. I hear. Not... Okay. Sure, that's what I hear. I don't think it's 100% true, but that's what I hear. Mm. Mm. That's interesting then. Um, are you going to get that confirmed by Roger? Sure. Just saying, just saying. Yeah, but like everyone was very high on Fernandez after two rounds and he has gone back to being what he was. Well, he was a red plate holder. Yeah, which is mental to think. <laughs> yeah. But let's, let's uh, you know, it's not like it's nothing cr- like... You know, people were high on Fernandez for good reason. He was riding well. The only other thing really to say about MX2 is that FNH are really having a horrible year with bad luck, crashes, obviously injuries to Rowan, first lap crashes. I think Brara May crashed on the first lap in two of the four motos, maybe even more. Oh, was it Brara May? Oh, who was it? I have it on good authority that someone crashed in MX2 and their bike absolutely nailed a marshal. Like, absolutely nailed a marshal. To the point where the marshal got pinned up against the metal TV camera structure. Jesus. Like, apparently, I think it was Brian May, but maybe it wasn't. So, uh, I won't. It was a rider. Was the um, marshal okay? I don't know. I, I know he was pinned under the bike for a while. Wow, that's horrific. Yeah. That's why I go to the races, to bring you news like that. Oh, yeah, great, thanks. Uh, try and find out if they're okay as well. Jeez. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess Natalie's over at FNH has got to be uh, a bit frustrated with this year because they came into it looking like they had three good riders. Um, Rowan, who could be challenging for, um, you know, title. Uh, you've got uh, Harrop and you've got Boirame, who, again, have been on the scene for, for a while. You know, hopefully this year they were going to be delivering the goods, but it's just not worked out. What, what do you think? Uh, obviously... Next year, I, I'm, are they going to clear house? Um, no comment. Okay. Okay. So you do know, but you can't say because uh, Mark DeRuva will get you in headlock. No, I, I just, I just know, I just know, I just know too much. Okay. 
Well, it'd be great if you could well, share. Well, Brian May's, May's got to move up. So that's one out. Um, I don't know what he's doing. I presume he's going to end up on Honda SR just purely for the French connection. Quickly as well, actually, Musquin's out of the nation's been replaced by Patrell. So Team France is now Patrell, Bial, Brian So they're, I tell you what, UK have got a bloody good chance. Well, now, because originally France, USA, GB, Netherlands, Italy appeared to be the top five, no doubt. USA's obviously gone, and now France are irrelevant. So GB, Netherlands, Italy are undoubtedly the three best teams now, but no doubt about it. Yeah. Just imagine if GB could send their very best team, which would be Ben on a 250, Wilson healthy on a 450, and Max on a factory 450. Healthy. Yeah, that title would be ours. But you never know. You know, the team, the, the, the team GB that we've got at the moment could win. Could win. Italy and Holland are looking very, very good. But who knows? Anything, we've, seen the, we've seen the nations before. Anything happens. Anything happens, catch the fever. We will do two podcasts a week before the nations. One on the MXGP of Sardinia and one on the nations preview. And at the Nations, we will have Friday podcast, Saturday podcast, and a Sunday night podcast. I didn't think you'd be this excited. I'm not, but I'm determined to make it. So that... <laughs> I was going to say, am, am I involved in all of this? Because yeah. I'm not that excited. I just feel you. I just decided because you're coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm there. I'm there. So, but um, I'm. I'm. I'm there. But I'm, you know, not as excited as I. I am usually. Obviously, for the same reasons everybody else is. I think now would be a great time to move on to Leah. Ask Vice anything, don't you, James? I think that'd be a cracking idea, Lewis Phillips. I think I think this is a timely point to move on to Leah. Ask Vice anything, and swiftly, you know, just swiftly move on with the show because you know that's what we do. We swiftly hey, move on. MX Two was so last Wednesday. That's that's true. I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, Leah, ask Vice anything then. Yeah, let's do it. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. What questions you got this week? Uh, is it still the same crazy amount of questions or what? It's a, it's a very healthy amount of questions. But before we get to those, let me remind you that Liat are known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, but can now protect you from head to toe as they continue to evolve. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or an all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. And most importantly, they've now released their 2022 line of gear. That happened just after the previous uh, episode of the MX5 show. So what you're going to want to do is head to liat.com or at official Liat on, the, uh, on their social media channels or on the social media platforms i should say and uh yeah there you will learn all about what liat has to offer for the 2022 year and there's a lot there are um some advancements some new lines for instance they've got a 3.5 ride kit now which is effectively a gear combo at an affordable price so um can't buy the jersey or pants separately but it's kind of like a just an option for anyone who just wants a great bargain and a good combo of gear and then there's a 4.5 Enduro jersey and pants, which is also new, but then also as normal, there's a 4.5 jersey and pants, as well as a 5.5 jersey and pants. Um, and yeah, funny thing is about Liat is when the 2021 gear was released, it 
was really like a step forward. Like I remember being stood at the pit in pit lane in Mantova last year. Brara May going past me in the gear. I think it was the African Tiger year. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, that is a that is a step forward. Like that's that's really that's some nice gear. Like I feel like they've made a big step in the design department of gear. When I saw the 2022 gear for the first time, I was like, um, well, basically the same thing, really. I again thought, like, Jesus, this is this is something like this is just a huge advancement. And obviously it's hard to do that year on year. So it's a testament to Liat that they've managed to make the same improvement or make the same gain, you could say, again the following year. And um, yeah, I think so. If you haven't checked out the 2022 line of gear and everything they've got to offer, uh, I don't think you'd be disappointed. Maybe you've never considered Liat gear before. Maybe you use some of their other products, but you just have never looked at the gear. I'd say this is the time for you to take a look, consider it, and see what they have to offer because there is something for everyone. And uh, one of the things that actually stands out the most to me is every year Liat has a statement piece of gear, which is effectively um, is something that goes back to their South African roots with the design and whatnot. So last year it was the African Tiger gear, which was the black gear with white like tiger stripes. I'm sure most of you would have seen that. This year it's a giraffe-themed gear, which obviously you hear that and you think to yourself, like, well, how's that? Like, how does that look on gear? I thought the same. It looks really smart. Like, really, really smart. Like, I would, I've seen it on a Yamaha rider and a Kawasaki rider so far. And on both bikes, it looks amazing. So I strongly urge you to not only check out the 2022 line of Liat gear, but also, specifically, that little statement piece of gear. But yeah, like I said, something for everyone. Enduro, there's a 4.5 Enduro jersey and pants. If you want a combo, uh, a really uh, cost-effective price, you want the Liat 3.5 ride kit, and then there's a 4.5 jersey and pant and a 5.5 jersey and pant that everyone knows and loves. And coming up as well, we will have um, Liat's marketing manager, Dave King, on this podcast to talk about racing, what's going on, how the Liat riders are doing, and also what they have to offer for 2022, just so you can learn a little bit more. So look forward to that. Wow. (laughs) Wow and wow. I'm excited after listening to that. I'm going to go straight out and get myself a pair of Liat giraffe pants. I strongly urge you to. In fact, I strongly do. But like I said, like I said, they made a big step from 2020 to 2021, and that's great, but the hardest thing as in any business or any walk of life is to do that again, because obviously once you make such an improvement, how do you then go even better than that? And somehow, they've done it, which makes me wonder what the hell is coming in 2023. Lewis, it's about when somebody smashes out uh, you know, a fantastic first album and they have to follow up with the, the second album, which is always you know, the hardest thing. You'd know about that, wouldn't you, of your extensive musical knowledge? Well, Leah have managed it, and we are proud and happy to be associated with Leah on the MXY Show podcast. Right. Should we get into some questions? Let's do it. I'm ready. I've never seen these questions before, so we will jump straight in blind and see what happens. Okay, let's do it. At Gunnar underscore W, will Team Yamaha win this year? Obviously referring to uh, Yamaha Factory MXGP. Glenn Coldenoff, Jeremy Sewer, Ben Watson. Do you think? Do you think they will get an overall win in MXGP this year? I've got to say no, Lewis. Um, given uh, Coldenhoff's loss of form, um, Jeremy obviously having Epstein Barr, um, and also Ben's sort of uh, sudden change of form, I don't think they're going to have uh, a win. I-, I think they're going to go the rest of the year without a win now. What, what, what do you think? 
you think they could get a motor win? No. Oh. No, it's looking really bad. Like, I, I don't know what has happened over there. Um, well, no, it's just like, every, like F&H, for instance. They've just had a bad year. It's just bad luck in it and stuff. Just yeah, like... Like, yeah, it's just one of those things. Just nothing seems to be going, going right at the moment. So a um, bit frustrating, I guess. The last time that Yamaha were winless in MXGP? 2018. Wow. And that was also the last time that they didn't win a moto in a year. In fact, Yamaha have won at least one moto every single year since the YZ450F was released, except for 2018. What's a shocker? What do you mean, what a shocker? Well, it's a shocker to, like, you know, obviously <laughs> let it all fall down in 2018. Oh, okay. Well, that was the year that Hurlings and Caroli, if you look at 2018, KTM won 39 of the 40 motos. Ooh. Was, was that the one? Did, was it February when the other one? Nope, no, it was on Yamaha. Yamaha. Yeah, it was yeah. Desau. Bissau, that was it. Kawasaki. Was that Argentina? No, that was Russia. Close. I don't think it's possible to get Next. two countries further away on the map, to be Next. honest. Next! <laughs> right. At Elijah Freda, or Elijah Freda, said... Am I the only one who sees tension between Caroli and Prado? Um, no, I've seen it. No, but this is like, it's no different, right? It's the same in anything. Most teams have a structure of top guy and secondary guy. Uh, Kawasaki, Fevera is quite clearly the top guy there, and no one, even Monticelli's family, could not dispute that. At KTM, there's effectively three guys who believe that they are the top guy. Hurlings, well, Hurlings is under a different ornament, but, you know, still KTM factory racing. And obviously, that's going to lead to a bit of a power struggle and battles on the track, which is going to make people kind of dra- drama- dramatize? Dra- dramatize? Dramatize? Dramatize. Dramatize. <laughs> dramatize what's going on. So it's just like a, it's almost like a negative side effect of having so many good, good riders, elite riders, because people are going to automatically sort of go over the top whenever there's a battle or a hard pass or whatever else. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, all I've, that's all I've got to say about that. Elijah Freder also said, is this the best karate we've ever seen? You think? That, that was a question, James. You meant to answer it. Well, do you know what? I, I, I kind of see where he's coming from, but I, I feel... And the reason why I say that is because there's so many in-form riders. You know, that top five is incredible and, and the level they're at at the moment. However, is it the best Crowley we've seen? I don't know. I don't know. I would argue that may, maybe it is because, um, like, if you look at it, then... Like, okay, so 2013, 2014, he was at his most dominant, right? Yeah. At that point, the competition wasn't as hard. So although he was dominant, him getting a third place now, he might be having to push harder to get a third now than he did to win by 30 seconds in 2013. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, no, no. It does make sense because... um, You obviously... like Your your level of dominance or your speed or your ability is kind of perceived perceived off of what is going on around you. So, like, obviously the field is so much deeper now. So therefore... Maybe you drop in a 2013 Caroli and he's actually worse than the Caroli we see now. But obviously, your mind automatically thinks otherwise because 
the 2013-2014 Crowley's scorecard was 1-1, 1-1, 1-1, 1-1. Yeah. The, uh, w- when you think of the level what Geyser, Hurlins, uh, Fevre and uh, Prado are at at the moment, uh, Crowley taking a win now, I think, is, is, is super impressive. But Crowley's still great. Like, that first moto... Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying that as in the guy's been doing this for a long, long time. So it's like, you know, the length of time he's been doing it, injuries, his age, everything. When you, when you put all that into perspective, that, that's big. That first motor in Turkey on Wednesday, he finished third. And I'd say that was one of the best races of his career. Not because of the result, because the result actually doesn't mean anything. Just the riding and the ability that he showcased on the racing course was something very special. Well, I, I guess maybe in Caroli's mind, you know, there's not too many of these races left for him. So whether, you know, the plug gets pulled at the end of this year or it gets pulled at the end of next year or whatever, he is in last chance saloon of riding these tracks and being able to produce these. Uh, I wonder if that's going through in his mind as well. Maybe. I, I don't know how that would... I, don't, I think Caroli tries his best no matter the situation yeah, all the true. time. True. I don't think that really True. matters. Right, okay, what have we got next? Good question, though. Good question. Jens Olsen, 95. People still cry about the gates not being full. Do you, do, does that really matter when the racing is this good? Nah, not anymore. Not anymore. I, I think it's, um, it's a real shame, obviously, you know, and I was quite fixated on it years ago with just like, oh, it's got to be the fastest 40 in the world and that lot. But who cares? Uh, generally, who cares when you've got racing that good uh, at the front now? And things have changed. Time, times have changed. And I'm, you know, I have to kind of eat my own words um, and say that it should be the fastest 40 in the world. Well, it can only be the fastest 40 in the world if 40 people actually can be asked to turn up. We have 40 at Vulcansard. I mean, not Vulcansard because we don't go there anymore. But we have 40 at places like Lommel and places like that. So it's only like, it's only Turkey and Russia and places like that where it goes downhill a little bit. But then... Who like if you're at, okay? Maybe it's different if you. Maybe it's if no nah, bloody hell. Maybe it's different if you're at the track. But if you're at home watching on TV, you don't see the battle for thirtieth. The only way it makes a difference is if someone goes down in the first corner, then they have to come through thirty nine guys versus twenty one. Do Do you know what I, I've been thinking about this a little bit over the last month or so? Because obviously, I've been like a, a big. Uh, you know, I, I've been a bit critical over the years of like, you know, I think there should be prize money um, and I think the age rule should be up or, or whatever. So that's my two things which I think they, they really need to change. However, there's a bloody good EMX Open class. Uh, EMX 125 and 250, if they've absolutely smashed that. Uh, the EMX 65 and 85 is a great place for um, kids to just give it a go. Um, but what I am going to say is that when you look at uh, MotoGP and you look at Formula One and you look at all these elite motorsports now, and, and M- you have to look at MXGP as the elite motorsport. Um, I think privateer riders are lucky that they're still able to have the chance to go there because you don't see a privateer, uh, you know, like a dad and his lad uh, rock up in a, you know, in a truck and wheel out a Formula One car, do you? Because at the end of the day, this is the elite, the elite part of the sport. So the fact that anybody can still, if you've got the, the talent, you can still put together a bloody good 450 and still go out there and compete. Like, we have to turn this on its head in a moment because we're all kind of like negative. Oh, shit, there's only 20 on the line. Who's negative? I don't see any of that anymore. 
Do you know, I see this on Facebook all the time. I don't see any of it anymore. Yeah, I see it on Facebook. It's just the same old, same old shit. And it's just like, actually, just put that into perspective, that you can still do that. If somebody has got the talent, um, and, and let's face it, I believe pro riders or amateur riders or amateur riders wanting to be pro could do a hell of a lot more at marketing themselves. Hands down. They can do, you've only got to look at a couple of riders in America, which are very good at marketing themselves, but don't win races. Look at Axel Hodges. Axel Hodges doesn't even race. Okay, you're losing me. You're losing me with that one. What, is the microphone wrong or something? No, no, no I mean, you're losing me as in with your point. Like, I, I was thinking you were I'm going to... off on one now. Sorry, I'm going off on one. It's just... Oh, it's that's just... fine. We have all the time in the world. You take your time. Yeah, no, no. I, I just think, no. Uh, you know, it was Jens, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. No, so, yes. It was yeah, so, yes. It was Jen's awesome. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Jen. So um, uh, I, I, I think the racing is is just as good without forty. When when you've got what's happening at the front, and even you know ten to fifteen, the battles are fantastic. And and as soon as you get to Valkensvard in France, it'll be forty on the line anyway. I'd like to apologise to everyone who had to listen to that. Um, I hope you made it through and are still here listening to us now. Sorry, I haven't had my tablets today. At E underscore Berkis 94. Most teams have been announced for the MXON. So what is your top five? Um, now that Patrell is... At, no, now that Patrell is in for Team France, replacing Musquin, France aren't a factor. They'll be top five, but they're not... Like, they're no better than Belgium, for instance. So I would go... I think that Italy, Netherlands, GB are the three best teams, no doubt about it. But I will go Netherlands, Italy, GB, Germany, France. Okay, uh, I'm going to go uh, Italy, Netherlands, GB, France, and Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico aren't coming. I don't care. They might come. They might, they, might, they, okay. might just, they might turn around and say that they want to go. Okay. I'd, I'd, actually take, I'd actually swap France for Belgium in my top five because a team of Van Horbeek, Liam Everts, um, Van Donick is definitely stronger than a team of Patrell Vial, Roamé. Yeah, true. I don't, can, you, can you imagine if France don't make the top five? Well, I don't think they did in 2019, did they? Are you sure? They were definitely, they were definitely on the edge because they weren't f- top four because the top four was Netherlands, Belgium, GB, Estonia. But they've been kind of ever-present for the last 10 years. Well, not the last time we raced, James. Mm. They were fifth. There we go. Tied. Tied for fifth with sixth place. So technically, they were sixth. Nah, they're fifth. So quite, I was quite right that um, they... They've been ever present for the last 10 years. Well, it's still a shocking result. Whatever. They got beat by Estonia. Uh, do you know what? Great team. Yeah, Great everyone was team. talking you can't, about you can't, you can't rule it. What, yeah, Estonia in a very wet Assen. You'd, you'd put money on that. Yeah, of course you would. Right. What? Leok Kulas and who else is it? Kresnov? No, Prit Ratsep. Ratsep's a good rider. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Like free sound specialists. Like, what would you want? At Ryan MX thirty seven, do you think hurlings can close for points gap? Yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah, 20, same for me, 100%. 20, 21 world champion, stamp it here right now. I think he can. At edward.g05, is James selling tickets to the Ferrato train? Oh, yeah. Uh, the train is very healthy. We're still full in celebrations with our stick-on moustache and uh, straw hats. So plenty of places. It's not like a, you know, like the wagon what uh, Lewis has got. This is a very much an open-top bus. We're just happy. Uh, we're we're driving around in sunshine, and everyone's welcome aboard. Yep. That sounds just about fun. Right. Just, just fun, happy. fun, fun. Just happy to be there, aren't you? Just happy of our sixth overall. You know, given that um, some critics in the media said that uh, they would n- he would never, ever get in the top 13 in MXGP and why has he even turned up? Uh, some, some journalist called Lewis Phillips. So um, uh, he should have stayed in MX2, I believe, where he might have got a little bit more uh, exposure for his team. But hey-ho, we just smashed out a sitf overall and uh, Lewis Phillips can suck it. At Mark DeVries, 25. What is happening with standing in 2022? Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be exactly the same thing. It will, uh, Jonas Bogers, Jonas confirmed he'll be back there to me in the Fly Race and Post Race podcast on Wednesday evening. Um, they will be using WIMS engines, same as this year. Uh, Jonas doesn't actually use a factory engine. He uses standing's in-house engine guy, who's very, very good by all accounts. The only weird thing is, when I said to Jonas about it, and he was like, yeah, I'll be back next year, all's the same, all's the same. The only difference is it's going to be standing construct gas gas instead of again standing construct gas gas factory racing. The only uh, the weird thing is when I said to him, I was like, yeah, everything's going to be the same, isn't it? Like same engine, same suspension, like everything about your program is going to be the same. And he was like, uh, eh, we are still negotiating some things. And I was like, well, what is it like? What is there to negotiate? Like, because I know he's not. I know he's going to have Wim's engines. Yeah. So, Unless it's your access to the best WP4? I don't know. But... Maybe. Maybe. That's kind of uh, a strange thing to... Uh, unless they, they swap over to KYB or something. They would, no, they wouldn't. That's, it's, it's a bloody Austrian bike. <laughs> KYB, Technical Touch, do actual uh, parts for KTM? Yes, but of course. But WP are linked to the Austrian manufacturer tenfold. Okay. There was a rumour... throwing it out there, that's all. Throwing it there out was there. a rumour floating around there not too long ago that Suzuki were talking the standing construct. Oh, wow. But that's obviously not happening. I'm only, I'm, I'm only saying that because I'm pretty... Like, obviously, it's not happening. Just whatever, I'm going to get a kick out of a rumour that was flying around. Anyway. Love a rumour. Kelton Guiver, does Prado have some problems with his teammates? Seems to be getting aggressive recently. I think we covered that, didn't we? Did that with someone else's question? Uh, Happy to move on? Yep, yep, yep. Happy to move on. At Brad Myers 22, will the two-day format be back next year? That is always a plan. It was a plan for this year. Obviously, COVID-19 is starting to uh, run rampant again. So we will see what happens there. But it's always been the intention to go back to two days and hopefully they can do it next year. If we can start in February, March or April, then expect us to go back to two days. If we have to start any later, then expect us to stay on one day. I personally cannot wait for the time it goes back to two days. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. At Braden underscore 212, is Fantic going to get a legit MX2 team? That was always a rumor. The rumor was that they were going to make four strokes. At the end of last year, there was talk that they were going to make four strokes by the end of this year and then enter MX2 next year. 
but now we're in September and I've heard absolutely nothing about that. So I'm guessing that it got delayed or didn't happen or something along those lines. But then I feel like Fantic have kind of lost a bit of like coverage or like notoriety lately. Like they're obviously doing really well in the EMX classes, but I feel like no one's really talking about it anymore as like a, I just feel like it's a bit like everyone's gotten used to it now and it's considered Fantic or just normal and everyone's like moved on kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> at calcrossland26 to what extent are non-factory riders disadvantaged in both MXGP and MX2 well calcrossland26 like I just said Jonas actually Jonas had an option between a factory engine and standing constructs in-house engine guy and he actually went with the in-house engine because he preferred it so if you've got if you're on a if you've got if you're on a team that's got the resources especially in the 450s you can do a pretty good job. Obviously, when you say factory, you start to look at things other than the bike. Like, oh, for instance, Wilvo have a workshop with a gym in it and a calf and everything. So that's obviously a nice addition to your program. So that's obviously, you could say that that's an advantage to have stuff like that. Um, maybe there's it's easier to travel because you don't have to worry about costs so much and stuff like that. But as far as um, engines and stuff, like there are people who prefer other options. So. Like um, Wallenberg. Wallenberg? Is that the name? Yeah. Wallenberg does very good, very good engines that everyone swears by. So, like, there are some brilliant options out there for satellite riders. At Greeno56, MX Vice, will MX Vice be covering results report on Farley Castle this weekend? Better than GPs, I hear. Well, Greeno, you heard wrong on that, but are we, are we, James? Don't know why I'm asking you. You don't even know where I am in the world right now. Uh, yes. Uh, and the question to that is no. So I'd love to be at uh, the VMX DN. Uh, however, you know, trying to get a press pass and, and all the rest of it is uh, just a little bit stressful. Um, that's, such 15, a, that's such a poor excuse. Like what? It's, it's only 15 minutes from my house, but it's my, my wife's birthday tomorrow. So um, uh, we're, we're out tonight in, in spending the day with the family tomorrow. So um, that kind of rules me out. Lewis, you're away. Um, so that's it. That's, that's our options gone. Uh, unfortunately, where, where it's fallen, uh, if I want to continue living, then it's always a good option to spend uh, my wife's birthday with her. Okay, thanks for that. At Aaron Lewis 225, LP, give Ferrato some love. The wheels fell off the Watson wagon. Tell Sewer to ditch GPs and come for Supercross. He'd be popular and could earn money. Thoughts? Boom. I spoke to Sewer actually about America over the last week because obviously he had an offer from JGR in 20... heading into 2018 after Suzuki left um, MXGP. Yeah. And he said that he's had other offers to go to America as well over the years. But he said that unless you grow up riding Supercross or go there so early in your life like Jet has, it's almost like pointless because like obviously Sua being Swiss doesn't have any Supercross experience and he's not exactly a young buck anymore. So, um, but he did say, like, if he ever wanted to actually race in America and do that, then doing a national season towards the end of his career, like, that's obviously motocross is motocross. So he could jump in and do that easy enough and still live the American dream for a season. So, yeah, that's what he said about that. Yeah. I would, um, here's a question for you Who's going to be the next uh, Euro to go over to America? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Beniston does. Really? But I don't think he's doing good enough at the moment to really get anything in America. But if he, if he suddenly does really good and gets some attention, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, n not one I thought of, but yeah, good. Good one. At Marpav, at Marpav73, will Lewis ever dare to interview Ferrato and will he apologise for how much shit he gave him? Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I won't apologise. I tried to interview him on Wednesday evening, but I couldn't find him. So I try. I'll interview anyone. I don't need to apologise. I don't know. I'll apologise if he does it again on a proper track. On, on a proper track? Like a track that isn't follow the leader and sick through 17th, we're all going the same pace. Hmm. Hmm, okay. Well, uh, what happens if he does the same this week, uh, next weekend in Rio? Then I'll apologise. Oh, I like he. He won't. How do you know? I have a very good feeling. It could happen. At Kevin C430, does Harrop have a ride for next year? Um, I don't think it's 100% yet, but I would lean towards he's going to be out at FNH, his contract's up, and I haven't heard of him going anywhere else either, so I don't actually know what Harrop will be doing next year. I believe he's going to end up on the market, but that's just my uh, uneducated guess. At Gav Stevenson, 38, was Lewis eating his words when Ferrato finished P6? No, no eating of the words. Like I say, if he can do it on a proper track in a normal situation, then, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll eat my words then. But as of right now, I feel pretty comfortable. Well, eating words and an apology. So, an apology. I'll do an both. apology, yeah. So, uh, okay, uh, do you want to put a 50 quid down that uh, on uh, I'll be repeating a top 10 this year? This year? Yeah. No, because by the end of the year, it's going to be so weak and like, no. Okay. Okay. I will, um, do you want to put 50 quid down of him being top 10 in Riola? Yeah, I will actually. Okay. And I'll be in Riola as well to give you the 50 quid or take it. Okay, overall, obviously. <laughs> now you're just now you're just moving goalposts. No. You just said you just said 50 quid he makes top 10. Yeah, obviously overall at the GP. I didn't mean like in a session. Obviously, I meant overall. Like that's kind of you do I've had this conversation with you on this podcast so many times. When people have a conversation, they typically are talking about the overall. They're not talking about in a moto unless they specify. Are you sure? Because uh, I think it's just you. No. Mm. Hmm. Do you know what is crazy, actually? Uh, I always get to this point in the year and forget that Farley VMXDN's on, and we've got a podcast show which is 15 minutes away, and we could have had some legends on the podcast show. I'm not in the country. Yeah. Well, it, wasn't, it wouldn't be, you wouldn't be involved. So. Well... That's that. Well, you might want to clear that with your boss. <laughs> I got a boss, you prick. Right, next. That's, that's what you think. Next. At Henke and Lois, why did Musquin oh. sign oh. a 2022 Supercross St deal and no Pro Motocross deal? Will he retire? Still sending in questions. I like how you don't ridicule him for that. It's, it's you. It's not. And no one, and it's joke, you. Remember how we've had a conversation in the past about how you need to like let jokes go? And move on with your life and find new what? jokes. Whatever. Yeah, I'd imagine that Musquin is going to sign at the end of the. Um... Wait, did I say sign? Yeah, you I did. Imagine... 
imagine, I imagine that Masquin is going to retire at the end of the 2022 Supercross season. He was close to retiring a year ago or so. And he's obviously like on his way out. Um, I think he wanted to do one more year. I think KTM, obviously there's a lot of talk about where he was going to be placed within KTM. There was a chance he was going to be placed at Husqvarna and then Gaskas was talked about. But I think a Supercross-only deal was a way for KTM to focus on the future by hiring Plessinger, but also stay loyal to Masquin, who's entering his 14th year on a Red Bull KTM and kind of see wave him off into retirement. So I think the Supercross-only deal was something that ticked everyone's boxes and everyone could leave the negotiations happy and kind of feeling like they like got what they wanted. So, yeah. Let me just move to another social media platform quickly where I'll find some more questions for us. Uh, while you're doing that... Um, I've already done it. Uh, I was going to ask you, uh, obviously you're, this is, you're going to be away for up to a month. So how, uh, how are you spending this time apart from Dougie? Do you FaceTime uh, every other night? Or, or how are you... You must be missing him. At Schwickster420. Is Jacoby a criminally underrated rider in 2021? He has had some great results this season, but his tendency to not finish for motos or do stupid stuff has hurt him a lot points-wise. Are factory teams just are factory teams interested? And could he be just as good a pick as Flandering? I Jacoby is underrated. I've even thought to myself a few times, I need to start, I need to find Jacoby and do an interview with him because he does like he does do well. He does do like he does exactly what you'd expect him to do. I'd say probably. I don't. I know for a fact that no factory teams are interested, and I think the best he can hope for is a Jackie Martins, which is obviously on a Gebbon Yamaha that sort of deal. But there's nothing wrong with that. Um, like he was, he's had in the last two, four, six, eight, in the last twelve motos, he's had three top tens. So obviously, factory teams want more than that, but. He's doing well, and he did well in Turkey. That was a big step forward. So I think, um, yeah, I think um, that's fair dues. I think I think he deserves props for that. But it is insulting also to put him in the same category as Vlandering because Vlandering is doing extremely well, extremely well. Yeah, and... but I don't think people would see, I don't think the industry or manufacturers would see Jacoby uh, as a better option that's what than, I said. than Vlandering, would they? No, that's what I said. Yeah. But if he continues the way he's riding, then he's got a great chance at a factory uh, deal in 2024. No, not at all. 2024? Uh, sorry, 2023. No. Do you not think? Because next year, obviously, pretty much all the rides are going to be done for factory. What? Yeah, but Geyser, Fevra. No, okay, next year, Geyser and Evans will still be on HRC. Fevra will still be on Kawasaki. Crowley would have gone by the end of next year. Hurlings will still be there. Prado will still be there. Sewer now has a contract that goes to the end of 2023. You've got Triumph entering in 2023. I expect probably Suzuki back as well. There's going to be plenty more places. I wouldn't expect Suzuki to be back. And if you're, okay, if you're going to say factory like that, then yeah, Jacoby deserves a factory ride. Beater. Hmm. If, you're, if, you're gonna, if you're going to just put a factory label across everything, but when I hear factory, I think of elite teams. And I don't think Beater is an elite team. Is Van Horbeek staying with Beater? It's up to him. I, meant, I tried finding him on Wednesday to ask him, but I couldn't find him. So, um, obviously, there. Obviously, I, I can't see. Is, is, I'm guessing Cloche is probably not going to stay there. So you would imagine not. So, so they're obviously going to want to replace him with somebody else. Who's who's in line for um, 
that first or second rider beta at the moment? They've thrown some money at riders. Can, are we allowed to say what riders have been offered that yet? Or No, not, not when the rider says to me, I've been offered a deal from this manufacturer, don't tell anyone. Okay, I'll just check it. kind of the rule, kind of the, how things work. Just checking. Just but they have they have thrown some big money around the old paddock a little bit, like big money, relatively speaking. Like they they pay riders well. Yep, no doubt about that. For their services. At Sigardori, most Aussies use the GPs as a stepping stone to America. Does Beaton have that plan, or can you see him slotting into Husky's MXGP team and life in Europe? I can't see him slotting into Husky's MXGP team, but also I don't think he's going to go to America. Um, I had a very I had an hour long conversation with Jed about his future on Tuesday and basically he wants a good situation in the 450 class he doesn't want to be on a C team where he's riding around in 22nd because he can't test and he can't do anything and it's a mess he wants to be in a situation where he knows he can do well he feels confident he feels comfortable and like all is well that's what he wants and I think he's deserving of that there's no doubt in my mind that he's a be- he will be a better 450 rider than he is a 250 rider because he's got the size for it um, the way he rides a bike, he's quite like mellow. Doesn't he's not one of these crazy two hundred and fifty riders that's revving into the moon everywhere, cross jumping, all of that malarkey. So I think I think that he should. I think that if I was Gebbon, like it's likely that Strybos is going to be out at the end of this year. If I'm Gebbon, I'm trying to get beaten to fill that spot. Hmm. You reckon Strybos is is out there this year? I don't know. He said that every year, but that's, maybe. That's what, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. No, I think he will be. Really? Uh, yeah, I think he will be. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. At Divermex, has the Watson Wagon got a puncher? No, nope, not a puncher, just um, onto Riola. And you'll see in Riola when we're top 10 again. Ahead of Ferrato. Ooh. Ooh, okay. And everyone will forget about Turkey because we're going to kill it in Riola. Final question. Have you enjoyed this segment, James? I've enjoyed this segment. Have you enjoyed this segment, James? I always enjoy this segment, Lewis. I think it's one of the staple parts of the show. Okay. With LP being stranded in no man's land to avoid quarantine at home, will he start the vlog or keep on making excuses? Oh, more excuses. It's boring. No, I don't. No, no. Oh, it's got to be no. right. All the planets have no, got to Oh, I've never said it. Saturn's rings have got the light with Jupiter, yeah. and then I'll be able to do a vlog. Jesus I've never Christ. told you that it has to be right. Uh, I've told you. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be at the right time. But it... no, fact is, fact is, I've taken on a lot of stuff off of James lately, so I'm a bit oh, oversubscribed at the moment. Jesus Christ! Honestly, you send a couple of emails. And, and anyway, you've always told me that I'd do fuck all anyway. So what do you mean taking a lot off me? You did do fuck all. That's why I had to take it off you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Opened yourself up to that one. No, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, spoke to Sewer at length. Saturdays with Sewer will be coming soon. He's very excited. We've got do, one do idea. You know Expect Triumph bikes to arrive before Lewis. No, uh, we've got a good idea for Saturdays with Sewer that we're going to do but we were all very much laughing when we discussed the idea. So yep. stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Always trying to work and evolve and do my best. That's all I'm trying to do. Right. That has been Liat Ask If I Said Anything. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe.
No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. And as I mentioned, the 2022 Liat gear is now available, and I strongly urge everyone to head to liat.com, check out the 2022 line, check out the 3.5 ride kit, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There's so much to see at liat.com, or head to at official liat on the social media platforms. We'd like to thank Fly Racing. Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. And also, this marks the end of part two of VMX Fly Show, episode 83, which was presented by our friends at Technical Touch. With an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sue and Ben Watson, and close to home as well. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized with a Z-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level. That's the end of part two. This is episode 83. We will be back in five minutes to wrap up the show, talk some calendar, talk some nations, and then we'll be out of here. See you in five. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 83 of the MX Vice Show podcast. It's the final part, part three, episode 83, part three. And uh, the final part of the MX Vice Show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything the Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox Parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Speaking of Henry Jacoby, we obviously spoke about him in the um, Leah Ask Us Anything segment. He uses Prox, as does the whole of JM Racing Honda. Nathan Watson, we spoke about him. He 
used props when he was on Honda SR, Benoit Patrell, all of those riders use props. Wilson Todd, we spoke about him. He uses props. Dixon uses props. Courtney Duncan, leading the WMX Championship, she uses props. What do all of those riders have in common? They're not factory, and they're trying to bridge the gap at a cost-effective price. Obviously, they're all satellite teams. They've got to watch their budget. So what's the best way to have the huge performance gain and also look after your budget? Choose a cost-effective solution at pro-x.com now. And that's just, you're sorted out, really. You'll be surprised how many products are available on pro-x.com. There are air filters, bearings, brake parts, cables, clutch parts, connecting rods, crankshafts, gaskets, oil filters, transmission parts, and so much more. No matter the CCs, no matter the year, no matter the manufacturer, they have products for your bike. And once you choose one Prox product, there's no doubt in my mind that you will never stray. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. So, James, are you having fun? <laughs> Do you know what? This is the most fun time of, you know, I look forward to this every week. It's just great. Are you having fun? Um, I'd say I'm somewhere between not having fun and mildly having fun. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week time! It's the planet... I don't have the um, sounds. I'm working remotely in Barcelona. This I is don't good. Have... This is positive. So I don't have the sounds. That's so positive. you make the bombshell sound and I'll make the guy sound. Okay. <laughs> ah! Ah, ah, <laughs> such, a, such a dick. That sounded terrible. What have you got for the Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week? Uh, I'm going to go with the calendar that's released. <laughs> such a, you're so predictable. So, while we were recording, while we were actually at the ad break, believe it or not, Infront did, in fact, release the 2022... Well, no, sorry... Getting all my years, it's really confusing me, the years, because we've had so many calendars with one year and it's all very confusing. They released the updated 2021 MXGP calendar. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, rumoured, and now we get to um, confirm what it's actually going to be all in one podcast. Would you look at that? So it's really quite simple. Uh, Indonesia, cancelled. Argentina, cancelled. Portugal, cancelled. Trentino is a triple header, as expected. No surprises there. Spain is staying as one event, which is a surprise. And then, what also is a surprise, because I've never heard this track rumoured, Mantova will be back a month after hosting the Nations to do a doubleheader of GPs. That was a surprise. I don't know why that surprised me, because really it's quite obvious. Like Mantova did it last year, why wouldn't they do it again? But um, Mantova, so basically we're at the last five rounds will be in Italy. The rumours about a British GP at Matali didn't come to fruition because of pheasants and those being valuable to the farmer. So yeah, that's, that's what we've got. Weird thing is we end the season on a Wednesday. That's very freaking weird. I don't know if that is weird or is that just me or is that weird? No, that or... is weird. Yeah. It's usually a Sunday. Well, yes, thank you, James. We're all familiar with how motocross works. Yeah. On any Sunday, not on any Wednesday. So like, yeah. yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so because it, it was rumoured that we were going to go to Oss, that obviously, that obviously hasn't happened. It was rumoured that we were going to go to Matali, that hasn't happened. There was talk in Turkey about us potentially going to Fat Cat. There were meetings about that, in fact. That didn't happen. So yeah, the Italian affair is what we'll call this. 
Yeah, there's, to be honest, there's not much to say about a calendar because it's all like it's all we've done it before. We've well, done a triple header in Pietro Amorata. Yeah, uh, for, for one, you got to think that Geyser's happy now because he's got something to work towards. You know, he well, now so knows. Yeah, but when you think about Geyser, when he's looking at the the calendar before it, you know, there was a thirteen rounds maybe. It's like. It's like crazy, like 13, then there's talk there's going to be a, another double header, like we said about a fat cat in, in God as well. else. It's like, at least guys in those now, right, I've got X amount of rounds left to, to win this title. Yeah, but that applies to everyone. Hurlings knows he's got X amount of rounds left to win this title. So does Fedra, so does Caroli, so does Prado. Like... It does. It's game on. It's game on. All I'm saying is that at least you know you have, there's an end to this goal, an end to this target. Where a week ago is like Jesus Christ, no one knew what was going on. Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, so we are going for 18. We are going for 18, not 20. Yeah, we've done nine, then there's another nine. So we're halfway. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that as well. well you're not great with math, so I need to point that out. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. You're such a dick. Yeah, there's really not much to say. Uh... Not we're avoiding big sand tracks. Mantova is obviously a little sandy, but every, it's not really an advantage for sand guys. Yeah, roll on the wrestler calendar, I guess. Do it. Riala, Riola Sardo last next week, then Nations, then Germany, then La Capelle. So, um, are you excited that I'm coming to Riola? I'm to be honest, I don't think you will turn up at Riola. Why not? It's I, I'm, you. I'm, if I don't, it's because you haven't picked me up at the airport. No, I just don't think. I just, I just don't really have faith that you're going to come. Sorry, how? Yeah, how? You, you do this I, a lot. I hope you got me a birthday present. As long as well, it's not going to be on your birthday. Your birthday would have been gone, so it doesn't really matter. It'd have been a day before. I fully expect a birthday present. You'll be lucky if you get a message. Do you remember one year when you met me at the airport with with balloons and stuff? Yeah, that was because you were on the verge of having a mental breakdown, and I was doing all I could. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the stress of the you are coming through in my life. I basically babysitted you through your life. How does that work? That wasn't a nice gesture. I hate to break it, Joe. I wasn't being friendly. I was trying to stop you from having a nervous breakdown. Honestly, um, working with you gives me a nervous breakdown. At that point, there was no, there was no, there wasn't in my thought. Oh, I'm going to get my friend James a balloon. My thought was, fuck me, this guy's turning up, and he's probably going to have a fucking nervous breakdown within five minutes of being here. So I'm going to buy him a balloon to try and stop him from doing that. Honestly, it is working with you. You don't really work with me anymore. Uh, uh, hence the reason why I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week, calendar, huge. My Planet Motor Bombshell of the Week would be Prado confirming that he is staying at Dakali. because that's I think not for big. For, I think that's quite... Well, I think I did my job as a journalist, no? Yeah, oh, yeah, you've done one of your five jobs as a journalist. If you could just crack on with the other four, that'd be great. What's the but, other four? Well, uh, number two is a uh, uh, post-race podcast with Albie. Okay, what's, fr what's three, four, five? Uh, what else do we need to find out? Um, who's going where? Uh, we need to find out what's happening with next year. We need to I find out <laughs> what's happening with Beta. You know, there's, there's a lot of work here. Well, me and everybody listening want to know. It's your job. I'll tell you everything after the show if you want, but I don't know if I can trust you. I promise to not put it on Instagram, but I will put it on Twitter. Okay, brilliant. No, I think the Prado coming out and actually acknowledging the rumours and speaking out about them was quite a big deal. 
I think that's that's quite fresh actually for uh, motocross because uh, most people just put shit on websites and then half it's not true. Yeah, I was quite proud that a I asked him and b he like tackled it. So yeah, that's that was nice. Happy with that then? Yeah, yeah, happy. That's good. Right, that is the Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available for 2022, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. There's so much going on at Planet Moto, and you're going to want to get involved in that by visiting planetmoto.co or Planet Moto Holidays on social media to find out what options there are available for you and your 2022 holiday. Or maybe you're um, looking to make advancements with your racing. Maybe you're a domestic rider who's between 10th and 20th and you want to try and take that next step. Look at the Planet Moto Academy. That's maybe what you need. They've had some great success with riders of all ages this year. So it's tried, it's tested, it's proven. PlanetMoto.co for more. Right, James. Right, Lewis. Before we go. Yeah. Nations. Yeah. In the, in the week we've been gone, Team USA confirmed they will not be competing. Yeah, correct. Thoughts? Uh, absolutely gutted. Uh, I understand their reasoning behind uh, the whole COVID thing in, in traveling. However, uh, I would like to say that Americans have no problem coming into the UK. We just can't get into America. So a little bit baffled. Um, I guess. What does that have to do with Italy? Well, they can go into Italy as well, can't they? So. No. Oh my god. Oh my god. I. Oh, sorry. I forgot. You don't know, really, do you? No. What? The EU have changed the restrictions for Americans. You're joking. That's why they're not coming. Oh Jesus. September the first for because you know the EU. You know it was a two-way ban. Yeah. And the EU opened up to America. Yeah. They've now gone back and stopped that again. Oh, well, that's great. So, um, yeah, well, Team yeah. USA would have had to quarantine for five days when they arrived in Italy. Well, could we not just move the whole of the nations to America? Well, then none of us can get in. Mm-hmm. I see where the problem is here. <laughs> okay, thank you for your talking time. Please stop. Uh... <laughs> no, it's, uh, in all serious, uh, you know, gutted. The, 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 the Americans, in my opinion, are what make the nations great. Because, uh, you know, it's just like, it is USA versus the rest of the world. And, in, 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 you know, I look forward to, to once a year getting to see these guys um, race against the fastest Americans, against the fastest Europeans. So not seeing that happen is like, um, you know, it's a bit of a blow. Because, um, you know, that's what the Nations is about, in my opinion. You've just got to take it as it comes and, like, enjoy it for what it is. It's going to be a weird weekend. It'll be... But at the end of the day, a country is still going to win. So it'll be interesting to see which one does, I guess. And like, um, it'll be interesting seeing Vial race against, like, is Vial going to beat Koldnoff? Who knows? Like, there's still a lot to, um, yeah, the still two, a lot to see. 250 you know, like, versus 450 is going to be good. I mean, there's not really any top, top 250 riders going. All right. Well, let, let's, can we just try and build some excitement here? Other than Vial. Can, can we just try? Like, uh, no, no one's going to be going soon if we carry on like this. No, it'll be good. I will. Once we get closer, I will do my. I will get excited. I'm sure, and I'll build some hype and everything. Well, you have you have eight thousand podcast shows planned, don't you? Yeah. Am, am I in any of them? No. 
great. Not after that, not after that Team USA analysis. We were on the podcast with JT discussing the upcoming changes that the EU were planning to announce. I can't remember that. That was weeks ago. This is why you're not a journalist, because you've got to like actually be up to date and remember stuff. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Team GB was announced. Watson, Muse, Simpson. Thoughts? Obviously, Solid. our, our Solid ideal team. team would be a healthy Dean with not without Epstein Bar, Ben on a 250, Max on a factory 450. But I think of the options available, this is okay. Well, actually, uh, Conrad Muse is going to be popping into the studio in a minute to pick up his armor, which we'll be uh, using through the Motocross Nations, just to let you know. Okay, that's good to know. Thanks just, for that. Just what I'd let you know. He's just missing Okay, okay brilliant. <laughs> Great podcast material. <laughs> um, Team Australia confirmed they aren't going to come to the nation's thoughts. Yeah, going. Um, would have been great to see uh, the Lawrence brothers uh, and see what they could do. But it's, you know, it's, you know we're, we're just talking about, you know, things which everybody knows and everybody feels the same. You know, America not being there and then Australia not being there. It's going to be, uh, what's wrong with you? Why are you laughing? We're just talking about things that everyone knows. Yeah, otherwise known as a podcast. Like... <laughs> yeah, so just discussing that, the fact that, yeah, we're all gutted. You know, we obviously we all wanted to see uh, the Lawrence brothers. They, they've obviously improved from their, you know, being over in America. It would have been good to see them come back in um, uh, and see where they are in Europe. So, yeah. Again, it's, you know, we just got to look forward to next year. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Lawrence brothers had already pulled out anyway. So even if Australia sent a team, it wouldn't have included them. And Beaton had pulled out as well. So really, I think that had the Lawrence brothers committed and then Beaton committed, I think Australia would have sent a team. But then those riders pulling out meant that they had to look domestically and getting in and out of Australia is very difficult at the moment. So that is um, that kind of put the nail in the coffin. But I do think that if it was the Lawrence brothers and Beaton, they would be sending a team because I think that would have been possible. Yeah. But yeah, they, uh, the Lawrence brothers pulled out due to visa issues and Beaton pulled out because he only wanted to do it with the Lawrences because he wanted to do it to win or podium, not finish seventh, which I respect because obviously same situation that riders like Sewer and Prado are in. Hurlings is going there, but Hurlings can win the Nations, which is kind of a big deal for his sponsors, himself, obviously. But Prado, Sewer, Geyser, they would have been going there and wouldn't have really got a team result to shout about. So really, what is the point? Well, it's in the middle of the season. Obviously, at the end of the season, it's a completely different ballgame. But yeah. Yeah, I, I can understand beating. I mean, I only uh, ride to win. So there's no point in riding if I can't win. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, James. So, Lewis. Final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts is, uh, I've got to be honest, thank fuck this, this podcast is over. Okay, so let, it's been horrific. Okay, I'll explain for the people. So, obviously, I haven't got my normal setup, so I'm recording with a very bare bones setup, but we figured that out. That's fine. So, we started recording, then James had to go and meet someone, but that person didn't show up, so that was, we didn't actually have to stop anyway. When James came back, he forgot to turn his microphone on i fucking didn't you prick it stopped working i didn't touch anything i came back didn't touch anything just press record unfortunately the cable came out the back 
Okay. Not my fault. So we, so, so we recorded the entire second half of the show, then afterwards realised that James sounded like shit because he was basically talking into a phone. Well, not even a phone. He was basically just whispering into, like, nothing. Um, so we had to re-record the entire second part of this podcast. So I hope it's been bearable. We could have sacked it off, but that's not what we do. We wanted to deliver a podcast to you people. In that spirit, we're not having a podcast next week. <laughs> we, we need a week off. No, uh, Rob from Jukebox Beaks is away next week. So uh, if we can't do it properly, a bit like Jake, uh, Jake, Jake Beaton. <laughs> so if we can't do it properly, we're not going to do it at all. Like everything we do. Uh, and that's why Lewis will not be doing a YouTube show until 2025. No, it's nothing to do with doing it properly. I've told you what the reason is. It actually hurts me a little bit that you're saying this. How? What? You have to have, first, you have to have a heart to be able no to be respect. hurt. No respect. Where was that humble Lewis Phillips who used to sweep the barber's uh, floor every Saturday? Where's, that, where's that, that young Lewis gone? What if I said that isn't humble? I just said you don't have any respect. Exactly. I, of course I have respect. Well, you're just saying that I'm fucking around. Well, you are. Okay. But no, no show next week, but a week after Sardinia, we will have an MX Vice show. Oof. Then separately, we will have a special Nations preview. I love a Nations preview. Then on the Friday, we will have a Nations like 30-minute podcast. On a Saturday night, we will have a 30-minute podcast. And on a Sunday night, we will have a 30-minute podcast. So we'll more than make up for it with a lot of talking. A lot of podcasts. We'll try and make the nations good for you people. Try and give you something to enjoy. Maybe we'll even do a YouTube thing. I think it would be uh, it'd be good. Obviously, listen to different people. If we can get Mathis and, and Jason. Well, my plan is to get those people in your place. But if they don't want to, then obviously I'm going to have to use you. Yeah, and obviously uh, Adam Wheeler's up for one as well. So um, he just said that you didn't invite him. I'm hoping that some riders who aren't racing are going to turn up to the nations to watch because then I can basically put them to work. Cool. Cool. Uh, let's let's make that happen. Final thoughts. Um, I would uh, just like to say good luck to everybody who is at Farley VMX DN this weekend. Have fun. I know you guys will. Um, stay safe to all the riders. Um, uh, not just at VMX DN, but all over the world. Uh, so keep it on two wheels. And uh, just uh, love thy neighbor. That's brilliant. That is um, the end of part three of... VMX5 show episode 83 and as always the final part of VMX5 show was brought to you by Prox Performance Parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality all parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state of the art manufacturing facilities around the world hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And if you want to learn more about Prox, you want to know you've got some questions about parts, what you need, what you should have, what would be recommended, send them to me. I will pass them on to Prox and we will get you a proper answer just to help, you know, help that help you along in your journey to use Prox products. As always, we would like to thank Fly Racing. Comrade Muse is actually going to win the MX2 British Championship with Fly Racing Gear and the Formula Helmet this weekend. And Armour. I'm obviously going to get there. Liat, um, as mentioned, the 2022 gear is now out. So head to liat.com to check that out. Planet Motor Holidays. If you want to ride in Spain, and why wouldn't you, head to planetmoto.co or Planet Motor Holidays on social media. Prox Racing Parts. If you're not factory and you want to be factory, choose Prox. Technical Touch and KYB. 
get factory suspension in your country. Yes, factory suspension. It's so easy. You just need to head to that link to learn more. Even strokes, that's James Burfield. MXGP TV, nothing going on this weekend. But after that, geez, buckle up because there are a lot of races coming up. Backyard Design UK, Tommy Sell is also going for a British Championship this weekend. He's tied on points with Harry Kulas entering the final round. Asterix knee braces, Tim Geyser used his Asterix knee braces en route to two of the four moto wins in Turkey. And Armour Nutrition, which Conrad Muse will also be using en route to a British title this weekend. That has been episode 83. I'm Lewis Phillips. That's James Burfield. We'll be back with episode 84 in 10 days or so. Thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting mxvice.com. A lot coming up. Big news next week, Tuesday the 14th of September. I am going to Rome for a press conference that's big. Like, I wouldn't be going to Rome for a press conference unless it was massive. So stay tuned to MX Vice that on the evening of Tuesday, the 14th of September. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to James. We'll be back fairly soon. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAC bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAC has you covered. Shop LIAC's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.